0: In fact, I've often thought about using that for my memorial service. For Barb and me, it's, uh, it's great to be home, home with you. And I'm sure uh, Karen and Chris, who just pulled in yesterday, feel somewhat the same way that we do. We're blessed to be able to go down where the sun shines. But it's a bigger blessing to be able to come back to people we love, to you the body of Christ. I remember, as many of you know, I was saved through the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. In the very first conference that we ever attended, the director said this, there is no place on this earth I'd rather be right now than with you, and I truly feel that way. I feel honored and I feel blessed to have been invited by the elders to share something with you this morning And I so appreciate their trust. Um, I also want you to know how much this body appreciates Ken and Felicia Shutt. The amount of work that they pour in to our youth and to our college ministry. And so much over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. Actually the whole week putting this more program together. And for those of you that did show up uh, to help them set up. And again early 6 o'clock this morning to tear down and return the stuff. We thank you for that. I trust that you are praying for our elders, for Bill and Ken and Steve and Andy and Mike. They really, really need our prayers, folks. They've got a lot on their plate and a lot on their agenda, so please remember them in your prayers if you would. Would you bow with me for prayer? Father, it is truly an honor to be able to stand in front of people that we love, and just just to share a short, short time together in the word of God. And my prayer always is, Father, help me and help us to understand your word. Help us to remember your word. But most of all, Father, help us to apply it to our lives. In Jesus name. Amen. I think it's been about. 20 years thereabouts since I stood in this particular spot and brought a morning message. And I said to Barb the other day, he said, I, I, I said, I think I may be the oldest guy that's ever stood up here. I mean, when you stop and think about Ken and John and the different ones uh, through the ages. Uh, but anyway, I had a black brother one time by the name of Chib Mubebu. And some of you old timers will remember Chib and Selena. He was from Nigeria, and he got, was getting a graduate's degree, master's degree from Alfred University. And the elders invited him to share a message one Sunday morning. And before he began, he did this. He said, I take the cross of Jesus Christ, and I place the cross between you and me so that you will not see me. You will see only Jesus now, I don't expect you to see Jesus standing here this morning, but I hope you get the understanding of what he was saying. When you're thinking about the words that I'm sharing, be thinking about Jesus Christ. And I also remember something that John Prince said more than once on one occasion when he was concerned about what people might think about the way he preached. I always remember, he said, that I'm preaching to an audience of one. One. When asked to share, I asked the Lord for something very special while I was down in Florida, something that would enable you and me to take something with us in our walk with Christ to help us, something that we could take and again apply to our lives. For me, a message is all about application. I mean, we can stand up here and read a lot of Scripture, but if we don't understand what the Scripture is saying, it's not going to make a change in our lives. The key, take a key thought, a major point, and apply it to our lives throughout the week and daily walk. Now, you were given an outline if you picked up a bulletin. I'd almost like to have you set that aside if you don't mind because it's very extensive In fact, you could leave now and take this home and read it, and you'd probably have the message. But if you'd use that as a follow-up through this week, if you'd like to take notes or something and refer to that, that might be better. But what is the most important organ in your body? Could we agree that it is your heart? Because if your heart stops beating right now, you're done for, okay? Okay. So that's what I'm going to focus on this morning. It's all about the heart, but on a spiritual level, in a spiritual vein. And by the way, has anybody here ever had open heart surgery? Anybody? One, one two, yeah. Uh, Miss Diane and Charlene, yeah, been through it. How about heart transplant? Anybody here had a heart, heart transplant? One of Bill's very dearest and closest friends, in fact, he had dinner with him just the night before last, was a guy by the name of Tom Fuco. They graduated together from Houghton College. As I understand, and Bill, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he went to Cleveland Clinic for an aortic replacement first. Once they got in there, they realized this guy needed a whole new heart. And so they replaced his heart. Bill went out a couple of times and spent a considerable time with him. But some of you may remember Tommy because he came here and spoke on, a, on an occasion or two. I think he's now he's an assistant DA for Allegheny County. Yeah, he's a lawyer. Outstanding man. But that guy went through the mill. But uh, a great testimony, wonderful testimony. How many of you have had a physical lately? Bodily physical, that is. Had just had a couple shots in his shoulders, and he's waiting for for things to change in his uh, body. Um, When when you go to the doctor and you get a physical, what does he generally focus the most time on? Does he not focus most of his time on your heart? He listens. Okay, you breathe naturally, breathe in and out, and all that stuff. You know, he wants to hear and check it out. Some people, I mean, our doctor will go right down to their feet and check the the circulation down there. So the whole thing is very important to us, the very center of our being, without which we, of course, would be dead. Um, Any idea the number of times that the word heart is mentioned in Scripture? I don't know, is it in the outline, the notes? 887 times in the King James Version. 720 times in the NIV. So I think there's a little significance there, don't you? When it t- comes to talking about the heart, it's a pretty important thing. Um, if you want to follow along, I'm going to be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 10. I don't know what book have we got those verses. They'll be up on your screen anyway. I'm going to read just two verses in Deuteronomy 10. Verses twelve and thirteen and now Israel, what does the Lord require or ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, and observe the lord's commands? Five points: fear the Lord your God, walk. In all of his ways, love him, serve him with all of your heart, and observe his commands for your own good. There's a footnote to those verses in my Bible which says, We often wonder or ask, what does the Lord expect of me? So those two verses, Moses gives us a very simple summary in terms of which we can easily Remember. Fear God, reverence him, walk with him. Some of you, most of you may know, Micah 6, 8. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? Third point was to love Him. We know that. Fourth is to serve Him with all of your not all of your heart. And obey his commands. How many of you folks took walk through the Bible many years ago with uh, Bruce Wilkerson? Do you remember that? A couple of you, not very many, just a couple of us. That was probably 20, 30 years ago, I think. Long time. We had people standing along the walls here, and 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 they would go through the books of the Bible, and with it there would be some kind of a verbal or even a bodily a reminder of what that book was about, like Genesis, New Beginnings, Exodus, Leaving, and so forth and so on. It got down to the books of the Bible, Chronicles, uh, Kings, Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, and it talked about the fact that Saul had no heart. uh, Solomon had half heart, and David had a whole heart. Because as you know in Scripture, he's, re, he's referred to as a man after God's own heart. So where's your heart this morning for God? Is it full, half, or struggling? It's interesting because in the very next book of the Bible, after those two verses that I read in Deuteronomy, Joshua said, Almost exactly the same verbatim in one verse, Joshua 22, 5. And it says this, Be very careful to keep the commandments the Lord your God has given to you through Moses. To love the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to obey his commands, to hold fast to him. And get this, to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. All of those procedures would be impossible, all of those things, without a heart procedure. A spiritual heart procedure called a circumcision of the heart. Back in Deuteronomy 10, when I read those two verses, 12 and 13, just three verses later, this is what Moses wrote Circumcise your hearts. Circumcise your hearts. In Romans 2, 28 and 29, Paul again, as you know, wrote, Circumcision is not merely outward or physical. No, circumcision for a follower of Christ is of the heart by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does that circumcision. God desires your and mine heartfelt love and obedience all that we're told to do in the bible would be impossible without a circumcision of the heart you may be here this morning and not even understand or comprehend what we're talking about when it talks about a circumcision of the heart you're a brand new child in christ a brand new baby in christ when that holy spirit comes in he cuts out that old and he replaces it with the new heart What's that verse in Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen? If any man, being Christ, is a new creature, all things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new and newer. If you're not a new creature in Christ, those points and uh, those five points of Deuteronomy and Joshua will not mean very much at all. In fact, they're nigh unto, unto impossible. But if you have received Christ, you have a new heart, and you know that. He is your Savior and your Lord, a heart for God. I'm not going to cover 884 verses about the heart this morning. In fact, I'm not going to cover 720. But I am going to share a few of them with you that are familiar. Many of you know them well, and some of you even memorized them. I'm going to give you a spiritual heart exam. I'd like to give you a spiritual checkup to see how you're doing. And many, as I said, will be very familiar. Let's start with the one that would probably come to your mind. First of all, when you think about the word heart and a verse of scripture, and my brother Mike, it's his life verse, I believe, isn't it, Mike? Yes. And what is it? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Okay, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with well, how much? all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him every way and then he will direct your steps Um, secondly there's a problem the scripture says we have a problem it says the heart is what pardon me Deceitful, the hardest deceitful, above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Where's that found? Jeremiah seventeen nine. But what does deceitful mean? Rick Warren had this to say, and I like this. Oftentimes, we're not even aware of our own actions. Everyone else can see it but us. That's what deceit us. And of course we know who the great deceiver is, and that's Satan himself. But he comes out in an angel of light, so to speak. And we're sucked in, and we just don't even realize it at times. He is the deep, great deceiver. Um, this people on earth be with their mouth and their lips, but their heart is what far from me, found in matthew fifteen eight I think that was the first verse I ever memorized. This people honor me with their mouth and their lips, but their heart is far from me. What does that mean? We can talk a good game. I used to coach basketball, as many of you know, for twenty one years, and oftentimes a kid on the second string, the not a starter, say coach Give me a chance. Put me in. Just let me, let, me, let me show you what I can do. He could talk a good game, but when he got into the game, he didn't have the skill and the ability to do what the five guys ahead of him were doing. You know what I'm saying? We oftentimes talk about how spiritual we are. That's deceit, by the way. We, want people, we, we try to impress people with how spiritual we are by quoting verses. or or, or just doing something that tries to impress you. And uh, we have to be very, very careful here, very cautious that uh, we are not being uh, honest with ourselves and the people that we're talking to. Those people honor me with their mouth and their lips, but their heart is far from me. Matthew 6.21 has this to say, for where your treasure is, what's the rest of it? That's where your heart will be also. You want a spiritual checkup? <laughs> how, how do you know if, if, your, if your heart, let me repeat that. If you want to know where your heart is when it comes to giving, where do you look? Bill Gothard taught this years ago. Look at your checkbook. Look at your checkbook and compare what you're giving to your church What you're supporting missionaries with, and compare that with what you're spending money on everything else. (coughs) Asaph wrote this in Psalm 73, uh, 73 26. I love this verse. My heart and my flesh may fail me, but you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. How do you strengthen your heart? How do you strengthen that spiritual heart in your life for a richer, closer walk with Christ? How do you do that? Listen to the words of that same psalm, verses 23 to 26. You are always with me. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And earth has nothing that I desire beside you. My flesh and my portion may fail me, but you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those five verses have a lot of power in them, don't they? I love those verses. You think about those verses. You're always with me. That's security. You hold me by my right hand. That's safety. Safety. You guide me with your counsel and afterward will take me into glory. That's peace. Whom do I have in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. That's trust in Him alone. My flesh and my heart may fail me, but you are the strength of my heart and my portion forever. That's assurance. That's how I think we can strengthen our hearts for a richer, closer walk with Christ if we take those thoughts into mind. Are they up there, Brooke? Yeah. If you didn't get those, be sure to take those down because those are super important verses. Jesus said this, let not your heart be troubled, neither be afraid. When's that usually used? During funeral services, right? Chapter 14 of John. Let not your hearts be troubled. Let me ask you a question. How do you deal, and we all struggle with this, how do you deal with anxiety, worry, fear? A couple of verses that we memorized years ago, and I can't remember if this was in, uh, uh, what was the course we took? Uh, what was it? Yeah, Colossians 2.7. Thank you. Yeah. I lost my place. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ jesus, Philippians four, six and seven, great verses in your life, you may say something sometimes and that absolutely shocked you. You think to yourself, "Where in the world did that come from? I mean, it comes out of your mouth. Well, we know the answer, don't we? Because Jesus said it himself. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks it 's in there it 's in there, but this is where we have to continue to to do a circumcision to continue to move that stuff out that's in there that can come out of our mouths and we'll, and, and we end up being either embarrassed or have to apologize to somebody for something that we've said matthew twelve thirty four remember what Jeremiah said? The heart is deceitful, above all things, and desperately wicked. In Matthew 12, Jesus reminds us that what we say reveals what's really in our heart to begin with. But we can't solve solve a heart problem by just trying to clean up our speech. I'm going to do better. I'm not going to use that word again. It's interesting. Yesterday, there were five of us in the library. We met together for men's prayer. And Andy brought up the topic of, you know, where does that language come from? You know, you you hear these words out in the world all the time. And he mentioned, you know, college students especially are exposed to this type of language. You know, they may come from a background like his girls were all homeschooled. And it's shocking, but they're planted in there. They're planted in there. And and we, we talked about the fact, again, the heart and the mind... And being, you know, Steve also mentioned, Steve Rex said later on, he said, it's amazing, isn't it? How the Holy Spirit can dovetail various uh, teachings and ministry and lessons into into one. You know, the fact that I was going to be talking about the heart today, and that's what we spent our time on talking about yesterday, was the heart. It's a heart issue. It's a heart issue. Let me close this down by just sharing with you several verses that, again, they'll be familiar to you. You know most of them. But I think we don't realize how often the heart is mentioned in in our daily uh, walk with Christ. Solomon wrote, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes keep to my ways. And you men know that this is a problem for us. The eye gate for men is a very difficult thing. And we have to be very careful. And, uh, and Solomon had good wisdom for us. Give me your heart. Keep your eyes to my ways. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in him, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37.4. Who can finish this? Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they what? They will see God. Matthew. Uh, I've lost it. 5.8. Matthew 5, eight. I love this verse. Create in me a new heart. A pure heart. Create in me a pure heart and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51.10. When you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with how much? Whole heart. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. You will, when you seek me, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. Proverbs four twenty three tells us this above all else, guard your heart, for why? Do you know what? It is a wellspring of life. If you guard your heart above all else, it was the wellspring of life. You know, it's interesting to me. uh, As a coach, the first thing you teach is fundamentals. And most of you know that. Keith Holmach knows that for baseball, and so does Tom Kinney. And it's very important that you learn the fundamentals. But what are the fundamentals? We hear them every week. We know them. We were taught from when we were first saved. Get into the Word of God and stay in the Word of God. Fellowship with other believers. Don't isolate yourself. Be with those that love Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Give me a fresh touch. I love the thought and, and the idea, many times I think about this, the Holy Spirit Pour into me rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. I love that concept. Wash over me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me. I'm going to close with a, th- a quote from David Jeremiah. Mike and some of us get his daily devotion from David Jeremiah. It's great stuff. And he quotes, he quotes actually a missionary author by the name of Frank Lobaw, 1930, said this. Think about these things. I want to fall asleep in his arms. I want to awaken in his presence. I want to do his will all the time. I want to think his thoughts. I want to think things that that I used to think about with effort. I now can do easily. I find myself worrying less and losing less sleep. You know, he says this, "As as you and I practice the continual presence of God in our lives, he will pour out his personal presence like that waterfall, giving us access to the flood of his presence, that wellspring of life that we talked about from Proverbs. He closes by saying, live consciously in his presence, think of him, talk to him, Remind yourself of his closeness. For he said, I am with you always. I love this verse too. It came to me just the other day. It's one of my favorite verses. Today, when you hear his word, don't harden your heart. Today, when you hear his word, don't harden your heart. That's Hebrews 3 7. Many of us came out of a Protestant background liberal Protestant background and every Sunday morning the service always ended the same way let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight O Lord my strength and my redeemer and I praise God that they didn't mean anything then but boy do they mean that now let the words of my mouth of God and the meditations of my heart be acceptable. That's taken from Psalm 1914. I trust that maybe something simple may have touched your heart today in your love for Christ and your walk with him. And uh, I've only shared a a few verses, not the 877 or the 720, but uh, think about those things. The outline that Chris ran off for us has got some good stuff in there. And like I said, uh, I hope that you'll just take a look at some of those verses again. Would you pray with me? While we're praying, the guys are going to be serving. The Lord's table can come forward. Lord, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your precious son. Father, we pray that uh, maybe just one thought from your word today has touched a heart of someone here, maybe someone perhaps who has never turned their heart over to Christ and been circumcised by the Holy Spirit. But no matter what, Father, we again would just ask you to help us understand what your will is in our lives, to be able to take these thoughts with us and apply them to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.